Good morning. Welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Samuel, the pastor of the Cathedral of Praise. And what a beautiful thing to come first in the morning, to give the first of our strength in the morning to the Word and to worship and to prayer. Thank you for opening your hearts to us. Thank you for letting us be a part of your lives. It's a privilege to get to come and be in your homes every morning. We're going to get started today in Psalms chapter 37, verse 30. Please let me read to you from the New Living Translation again today. The godly offer good counsel. They, the godly, teach right from wrong. I like that. So let's just call this where to seek advice. Where to seek advice. Seek advice from the godly. They have made God's law their own. Okay, so it's in their heart. And out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth speaks. So they never slip from his path. Now, now here's the truth. When you learn to fill your heart with God's word, you never slip from his path for your life. Ah, when you learn to fill your heart with God's word, you never slip from his path in your life. Can I say that to you one more time? When you learn to fill your heart with God's word, you never slip from his path for your life. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly. They are looking for an excuse to kill him. <laughs> now, I want you to notice. These people are looking for their aha moment. They're just looking. I got you now. <laughs> They're looking for an excuse to kill somebody. They want to destroy somebody. They're just looking for a slip-up to, to destroy somebody. Ah, well, here's the promise. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. He said, you know what? This will not work. <laughs> you can lay your ambushes. You can look for your excuses to destroy them. But God will not let the wicked succeed. It's just not going to happen. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. Oh, I like that. What a beautiful translation. Look, look at verse 34 up here. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. I like that. But look at this down here. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. Ah, live a steady life. <laughs> I like that. Travel steadily along his path. You, in life, you're not going to just, boom, shoot way ahead. This life that we learn, this life that we live is a journey. And we just keep moving steadily ahead. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. Now notice, you won't let the wicked succeed. You'll see the wicked destroyed. Now notice, here's wicked, here's wicked, here's wicked. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native land. But when I looked again, they are gone. You know, sometimes you look at the wicked and you go, I don't get it, God. Why? Why is it working for them? But then you look again, and they're gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. I've watched this so many times in my life. 
and you look for them and you can't find them anymore. They're just, they're just gone. Now, look at those. These are the people we should focus on. Look at those who are honest and good. For a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. Ah, this is the condition of a wonderful future. People who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. Show me rebellious people. You don't find them very long. They're destroyed. There's no future in rebellion. I'm, I'm sorry. There's just no future in rebellion. But the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. So, all right. Trouble comes. But God is also there. Trouble does come to the godly. But God is our fortress. And he rescues us. The Lord helps them rescuing them from the wicked. Now, the, these wicked people are always attacking, and God rescues them. He saves them, and they find shelter in him. Now, that's where, where some of you are living right now today. <laughs> and you look around and you go, Pastor, I just don't understand. Pastor, I, I try to live right, and my family, we try to live right. And, and we see wicked and we see ruthless people and they seem to be getting ahead. And, and Pastor, it stumbles me. Well, David said he almost stumbled when he saw that too. And then he came into the presence of God and he understood their end. Beloved, these are difficult days right now. And sometimes in these difficult days when darkness reigns you you see rebellious and wicked people doing a lot of things and bringing a lot of destruction hold steady remember the verse up here i like that travel steady along his path just keep keep moving forward just keep being steady god will rescue you god will deliver you god will bless you amen father i lift you your sons and daughters today there are some that have been going through some horrible challenges, Lord. In this difficult situation that we are living in, there are people that have made it even more difficult than it needed to be. Father, I lift to you those families right now in Jesus' name. Let them have peace in their heart. And let them have just a simple faith in their heart, Lord, that you're with them and that you will rescue them and that you will be their fortress. You will be their protection in this time. Father, there are people that have made hard times so much harder. Rescue. Rescue your people from these people, Lord. Let them see these wicked people broken. Let them see these people broken in the name of Jesus. And Father, let peace return to your people's lives. Father, in this situation that we're in, I pray for the finances for all of our families. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name for all of our tithers. You said that you would rebuke the devourer. And this ugly, this ugly virus is a devourer, Lord. Lord, we trust you to stop its forward movement. It will not destroy the finances of your people. It will not destroy the wealth of the families of tithers. Lord, instead, we will watch you take this thing and turn it around and be a blessing. Father, let that twofold restoration flow into every home. That, Father, they have all the food they can eat on their table. 
And Father, they have a home of peace. And Father, we ask for an abundance left over for all the good works as we talked about yesterday. Father, that they will see an ability to be generous on every occasion and help their relatives and help their families. And Father, the families will see the blessings of the tither. The families will see your hand upon their lives. The families will see that in this time of distinction, your blessings upon your people. I thank you for it, Lord. Let this be a time in which your name is honored. Let this be a time in which your name is glorified. Father, I pray for our nation right now, for food, Lord. I ask for all of our chicken farms, no more losses. All of our piggeries, Lord, no more losses in Jesus' name. For all of our fishermen, Lord. I pray for Boy Tipless, and I pray for all of those men that work with him on all those ships. Father, let those things get bumper harvests of fish every single day so that they don't know what to do about it. Let them have to call other boats to share the harvest. Father, in Jesus' name, for every small fisherman up and down that coast of Cavite, for all of our members, Lord, with fish ponds and prawn farms and crab farms and all these things, Lord, prosper and bless. Let every crop overflow. Let every rice harvest be in abundance with no stealing from the tenant farmers. Father, let every vegetable harvest come in larger than expected. Father, I ask for a supernatural blessing. Let there be such a flow of life in our land right now that food will be in abundance and healthy food, Father, to strengthen the bodies of your people. I thank you for it, Lord. Lord, I ask for healing this morning, healing into all of the bodies of your people. I pray, Lord, for those with cancer right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, let that tumor die at its root. Father, they can't even find it yet, but let that tumor die at its root in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, and I thank you that they will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. Let life flow into their bodies, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our hearts now and spend some time in worship.
Our Old Testament passage today picks up in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. These are the words that the Lord spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness in the Arabah, opposite Suth between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hezaloth, and Dizahab. It is eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the fortieth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment to them. After he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Eshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtahoth, and in Edri, beyond the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to explain the law, saying, The Lord your God said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. I have always loved that. There's always a, a time to move forward. A time to move forward in God's plan. Turn and take your journey, all right? So moving forward means taking your journey. And go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah. And in the hill country, and in the lowland, and in the Negev, and by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites, and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and to their offspring after them. At that time I said to you, I was not able to bear you by myself. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are today as numerous as the stars of the heaven. May the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, make you a thousand times as many as you are, and bless you as he has promised you. How can I bear myself the weight and burden of you and your strife? Now, wow. So Moses said, The load too heavy to bear. And he said, you know, what makes it hard to bear is your strife. He said, you know, this is what makes my life difficult. Moses is just telling them, you know, I, I couldn't handle the load of your strife. He said, choose your tribes, wise, understanding, and experienced men, and I will appoint them as your heads. And you answered me, the thing that you have spoken to us for us to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and experienced men, and set them as heads over you, commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, commanders of fifty, commanders of tens, and officers throughout your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, hear the cases between your brothers and judge righteously between a man and his brother or the alien who is with them. So notice, a man, his brother, or an alien. There was, there was one set of laws for all people. You shall not be partial in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike, and you shall not be intimidated by anyone. For the judgment is God's. Okay, not be intimidated by anyone. Why? Because the judgment is God's. And the case that is too hard for you, you shall bring to me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the things that you should do. Then we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrifying wilderness that you saw, on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, You have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God has given us. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you came near to me and said, 
Let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and bring us word again of the way by which we must go up and all the cities into which we must come. So, all right, they wanted to send the spies. And the purpose of the spies was to explore the land for us. And number two, to bring us word of the way we must go up. All right, so we need to know, we need to know the way. The thing seemed good to me. And I took 12 men from you, one man from each tribe. And they turned and went up into the hill country, and they came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. And they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land and brought it down to us, and brought us word again, saying, It is a good land that the Lord our God has given us. Yet you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Fear changes perceptions. Fear changes perceptions, even of God. The Lord hates us. He doesn't hate you. He wants to bless you. Fear changes your perceptions of people. Fear changes your perceptions of God. Where are we going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying the people are greater and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. These are the giants. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God has carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God. Moses said, listen, I stood there and challenged you that God would be with you and that God would fight for you, but stubborn unbelief. You would not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek out a place, who went before you to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and cloud by day to show that by what way you should go. Now notice, I want you just to, to come back here because Moses explains something for us that we haven't seen explained before. They said, we want to know the way that we must go up. We want men to tell us. And God said, that's been my job all along. Now here's the problem. When you start believing the words of men more than you believe the words of God, when you start trusting the guidance of men more than you trust the guidance of God, now you have a problem. All right, so they wanted confirmation from men. God said, I will lead you. Now, sometimes you just have to learn to follow the cloud, brothers and sisters. The Lord heard your words and was angered. Yeah, you don't want to listen to me. You want to listen to these other people who are full of fear? Not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jehunah, 
He shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he has wholly followed the Lord. My prayer. This is my prayer. I want to wholly follow the Lord. Not partially. Wholly follow the Lord. Even with me the Lord was angry on your account and said, you shall not go in there. Uh, (laughs) Angry on your account. This is when Moses struck the rock. Joshua, son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. And as for your little ones, who you said would become a prey, and your children, who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn and journey into the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Then you answered me, We have sinned against the Lord. We ourselves will go up and fight just as the Lord our God commanded us. And every one of you fastened on his weapons of war and thought it easy to go up into the hill country. And the Lord said to me, Say to them, Do not go up and fight, for I am not in your midst. Wow. Lest you be defeated before your enemies. Why you're defeated? God said, I'm not with you. So I spoke to you, and you would not listen. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the hill country. This is presumptuous faith. Where you see a promise and you try to make it yours, but it's not yours anymore. Then the Amorites who lived in the hill country came out against you and chased you as do bees and beat you down in Seir as far as Hormah. And you returned. And you wept before the Lord, but the Lord did not listen to your voice or give ear to you. So you remained at Kadesh many days, the days that you remained there. Chapter 2, verse 1. Then we turned and journeyed in the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea, as the Lord told me. And for many days we traveled around Mount Seir. Then the Lord said to me, You have been traveling around this mountain long enough. Turn northward and command the people. You are about to pass through the territory of your brothers, the people of Esau. So these are Jacob's descendants. Jacob's brothers' descendants. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a brother named Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you, so be very careful. All right, now here's, here's some great truths. Be careful of people who are afraid of you. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't like to be around people who are afraid of me. See, people who are afraid of you will do strange things because fear changes perceptions. Remember, I taught you that earlier. Fear changes perceptions. Changes every word you say, changes the meaning of words, changes the the movements and actions that you take. That's what fear is. For instance, if you walk up to one of my dogs and you know I'm a dog person, so I'm full of dog illustrations and you're so patient with me about it. But if you walk up to one of my dogs and raise your hand, my dog will not flinch. They might walk up and look for a scratch. Oh, he's getting ready to scratch me. But you can walk up to other dogs, and as soon as you raise your hand, the dog cowers and snarls. Why? 
They're afraid. They're afraid. Now, a scared dog will bite you. Let me say that again. A scared dog will bite you. You don't ever back a dog into a corner. When a dog is afraid, when that tail goes down and a dog is afraid, back up. Same thing with people. Everything you do, every word you say, because they're afraid, they will see it in a different way. So, what does God say when people are afraid of you? Be very careful. Do not contend with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as, the, as for the sole of a foot to tread on, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as his possession. So, all right. So, the people of Esau, they had been given land. They also have been given land. Just like the people of Israel were given land, God gave land to Jacob's brother Esau for his descendants. You shall purchase food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He said, you, you can pay. He said, hey, you can pay. He said, you, you can purchase. You don't have to take anything from people. Now remember, Israel is stronger than Esau. The people of Israel are stronger than the Edomites. That's the people of Esau, Edomites. They're much more powerful. But he said, listen, you, you've been blessed. You don't have to take anything from these people. You know, I've blessed the work of your hands. You, you can afford to pay. He said, you have lacked nothing. So we went on away from our brothers, the people of Esau who lived in Seir, away from the Arabah road, from Eleth and Ezion Geber. And we turned and went in the direction of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab or contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land for possession, because I have given Ar to the people of Lot for a possession. Now remember, Moab is one of the grandsons of Lot. God gave them land. So the Moabites and the Edomites were given land by God, just like Israel was given land by God. And God said, don't touch what I gave to them. I gave that to them. The Elam formerly lived there, a people great and many and as tall as the Anakim. Like the Anakim, they also counted as Rephim, but the Moabites called them Eman. And the Horites also lived in Seir formerly. But the people of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and settled in their place, as Israel did to the land of their possession, which the Lord gave them. So Esau had to fight for their land, Moab had to fight for their land, and Israel was going to have to fight for their land. He said, Now rise up and go over to the brook Zered. So we went over the brook Zered. And at the time from our leaving, Kadesh Barnea, until we crossed the brook Zered, was 38 years until the entire generation, that is, the men of war, had perished from the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. For indeed, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from the camp until they perished. Soon, as all the men of war had perished and were dead among from among the people, the Lord said to me, Today you are to cross the border of Moab at Ar. And when you approach the territory of the people of Ammon, do not harass them or contend with them. For I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the sons of Lot for a possession. So notice, we have land for 
the Moabites. We have land for the Ammonites, which is also a descendant of Lot. So we have one grandson up here that's the Moabites. We have another grandson down here, the Ammonites. These are the descendants of Lot. It is also counted as the Rephium. The Rephium formerly lived there, but the Amorites called them Zamzumim, a people great in many and as tall as the Anakim. But the Lord destroyed them before the Ammonites, and they dispossessed them and settled in their place. So they, the Moabites and the Ammonites also had to conquer giants, okay? As did the people of Esau who lived in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites before them and dispossessed them and settled in their place even to this day. As for the Avim, who lived in the villages as far as Gaza, the Katharim, who came from Cathor, destroyed them and settled in their places. Rise up, set out on your journey, and go over the valley of Arnon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to take possession and contend with him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you on all the peoples who are under the whole heaven, who shall hear of the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish before you. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
Our New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Now, that is a whole sermon in itself because Paul says, judge those among the church, but don't judge those in the world. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So there is action and blessing. You do this, this is what God does. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, here's another whole sermon. Now, again, this is actions and blessing. One, two, three, four. Judge not, won't be judged. Condemn not, won't be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. These are, the, these are actions and blessings. All right? Now, notice how God gives back to us. He gives back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, that's important, it will be measured back to you. All right, so the tithe opens the windows of heaven. The offering or the generosity of determines the return. Now, just keep this really straight in your mind. God doesn't care about the zeros. God cares about the heart. Forgive me, some of you, when you were younger, you gave far more generously than you do today. Oh, no, Pastor, I give so much money today. It has nothing to do with amounts. The measure that you use. The generosity that you give with. Now, if you will learn to always be generous, whatever giving, whether you're talking about an offering in church or whether you're talking about helping a brother or sister in Christ, if you will always be generous. When Shasha was a little girl, I taught her generosity. And one of the things I taught her was I break a candy bar in half. And you know, you could never really break a candy bar exactly in half. And she'd always say, Daddy, who gets the big piece? I say, you do, because that's generosity. And I've always taught her, you always give somebody else the bigger portion. Ah. Now, if you do that, you'll be blessed. I mean, please look at my life. I keep giving away the bigger portion. And look at how God blesses me. Look at so many of your lives. You give away the bigger portion. And look at what God does in your life. Ah. But don't get hung up on the zeros. You know, some, one of the things that holds people back from sowing seed is they think it's not much. Oh, my, my, my offering is so, so small. There is no such thing as a small offering. There's a generous offering and there's a stingy offering. But there's no such thing as a small offering. Because God doesn't look at the size. He doesn't look at the zeros. He looks at your heart. And for some of you right now, you know, your offerings are a third of what they used to be in your own mind when times were really good before this COVID thing hit. 
And so when you put that offering in the offering envelope, you're thinking, oh, Lord, it used to be so much more. And God is looking at you and going, no, I look at the generosity you're showing right now. God says it's so much more than ever before. <laughs> I love God. He told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. So there are people with what I would call partial training, and they are not like their teacher. <laughs> Do you remember the old Star Wars movie? Uh, one of the early ones, one of the first ones that came out like, what, 25 or 30 years ago? And Luke Skywalker would not finish his training. Do you remember that one? Think back. I can't remember which one it was. He, he wouldn't finish his training. He just had to go do something. There are many young pastors like that today. They, they, they think they're above their teacher. And because they're not fully trained, that's why they would have that attitude. But when they're fully trained, they'll be like their teacher. Why do you see a speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. I mean, grabe talaga. You know, how can you not see the keyboard in your eye? All right. I mean, okay. how can you not see that? He said, you hypocrite. Take the log. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. So, you know, get that big keyboard out of your eye. And then you can see clearly to help take that little, that little hair out of somebody else's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now, you're going to have to understand, good things flow from the heart of good people. Evil things flow from the heart of evil people. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Wow. So, Lord requires obedience. Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, so you hear and you do, I will show you what he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood rose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So, storms reveal foundations. You know, storms, the scripture doesn't say if storms come. It says when storms come, okay? when the stream broke, okay, when the flood arose. Folks, there are going to be hard times that come in life. Is your life built? Is your family built? Is your business built 
Is your connect group built? Is our church built on the word? That's a strong foundation. Or is it built on shifting sand? Okay, no, no foundation, shifting sand. Another one of the gospel says changeable things like, you know, engage the culture and make everybody happy. When you build a church, when you build a family, when you build a business on the principles of the word, knowing and doing the word, the storms come. And you know what? The storm is going to break against the house, but it's not going to be destroyed. Good foundations. Chapter 7, verse 1. As he'd finished all, all these sayings and the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Sorry, so we're back into the little village of Capernaum again. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by them. I noticed point of death. In other words, they're just about to breathe their last. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. <laughs> no one is worthy. The blood of Jesus makes us worthy. One of the things you've always got to understand is mercy. But religion doesn't do that. Remember, he went to the elders of the Jews. They didn't understand grace. They didn't understand mercy. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us the, our synagogue. Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying, Lord, now now he sends his friends. Okay, First he sends the elders of the Jews. Now he sends his friends. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. All right, so he sends his friends. Friends correct wrong impressions. Now, these religious people, they created a wrong impression. They said, he is worthy. His friends came and said, um, no, he's not claiming that. See, a good thing about friends is friends correct wrong impressions. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. He said, listen, I, I, I didn't come because I'm, I'm worthy. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes and another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. All right. Not in the apostles. Wow. Not even in the apostles. He said, I, I haven't found such faith in Israel. I had not found a Jew with this kind of faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Now, what is faith? What is faith? It is a recognition of authority. And it is a recognition of mercy. That's what faith is. He wasn't coming because he was worthy or he deserved it. He recognized mercy. But he recognized more than mercy. He recognized authority. I have the right to do this, and they obey. You have the right to do this, 
and it will obey. This sickness will obey you. Ah, faith is a recognition of authority and it's a recognition of mercy. All right, just a little bit more today. We're running out of time. Just a few pieces of wisdom from Proverbs today. Proverbs 15, beginning with verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. All right, you can always tell people who stir up strife, they are the hot-tempered. Okay? The one who is slow to anger quiets contention. Just, no, let's not, let's not fight about this. Okay, let's just be quiet. The people who stir it up, they're the hot-tempered ones. The way of the sluggard or the lazy man. Lazy man. Life is hard. The way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, okay? Blocked by briars. But the path of the upright... Life is easy journey. It's a level highway. A wise son. Now that is a beautiful thought. The path of the righteous. It's like a level highway. Yeah, you've still got a journey ahead. Yeah, you've still got to, you've still got to move. You've still got to walk. You've still got to put out effort. But it's an easy journey. The lazy man. We'll preach more about, oh, I think we already preached, yeah, we preached about that last weekend already. It, it's, it's, it's a hedge of thorns. It's going to be a painful thing to move through it. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Wow. Can you imagine young people who despise their mother? Folly is a joy to him who lacks sense. <laughs> Look at this. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. Have you ever watched people and you go, why are they having so much fun in foolishness? You know, it's a joy to them because they lack sense. You see a bunch of guys enjoying getting drunk and saying rude things to girls walking down the street. Foolishness, right? But it's a joy to them. Why is it a joy to them? They lack sense. Okay. But a man of understanding walks straight ahead. I like that. Walks straight ahead. A man of understanding knows how to move straight through life. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to stop there. We'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock. We'll get back again into the book of Romans. We'll see you then.